0: It took me a long time to get here. Both players have,
1: have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other
2: and they're, they're, both of them are keen to, to you now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas
3: will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for
0: 10 years.
2: Well, there's only one place to start and that is that Dear McConnelly, um has retired. So everyone can expect to see him coming on as a sub in the All Ireland final just before Christmas um, at time, uh, more than likely. How are you today, uh, uh, Conan? I'm sure this has hit you like a like a like a lorry. <laughs>
0: Like a ton of bricks last night, Willie, really, when, when I saw it. I want to thank everybody who reached out and messaged me last night then just to send their condolences. Yeah, it's, it's tough news, but um, I think we've been expecting it. Yeah,
2: well, the thing, I think we, I, I don't know, where, where were we expecting is, Connor? I'm not sure. I suppose it's not the shock it would have been three years ago because he's, let's be honest, he's been in semi-retirement for the last few years.
4: Yeah, I suppose that that's the way I was looking at it. No more than if there seems to have been a spate of intercounty retirements just before what's going to be the shortest season in uh, inter-county history, which makes me, uh, like, I was wondering about that. But when you look back at it, I'm not that, I'm not that, I was shocked to hear it. But when you look back into it, I'm not that shocked, you know, considering the circumstances, because let's say from, you said there, he's been in semi-retirement. And since he pushed that linesman, um, you know, in 2017, his his appearances for Dublin have been sporadic, to say the least. So while I was shocked to immediately hear it last night, when you dig down into it, I'm not that shocked because he hasn't been yeah. as influential a part of the panel as he was before 2017.
2: I think, um, Conan, a little bit of disappointment for me. And the reason I thought he might have, because of the the last few years, I thought he might have given it one last year, you know, a huge effort and played the whole year and finished after saying, right, well, you know, I, I had my place back. Um, I was back 100%, you know, rather than leaving it on kind of sub roles.
0: It is it is a strange one. Connor mentioned the the short season there as well. Like yeah, I, I think with the people retiring now, like you know, after they've probably gotten back into training, maybe it's become clear that they're not going to have the roles that they'd mm. that they'd like. Maybe. And with somebody like Jamie Connolly, who's been there since what two thousand seventeen or two thousand seven, and it's just it's a hard one to swallow. If he's going to be a sub again, and like you're right, because one of one of his best performances, I think, was when he came on. And the 2017 final against Mayo when they needed him to come on at half time, And, you know, that was like one of his last big sort of roles to play. And it's like, that wasn't that long ago. And it's one of the last times he really did feature. And it's like, maybe he still thinks he has that in him, but maybe Desi won't give it to him.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. I suppose, like, I mean, did we ever see the best of him in a Dublin jersey? We saw brilliant performances. Like, he's never been nominated for player of the year. He's won two All-Stars. Now we're talking about maybe the most naturally talented player ever to play the game. Like, I mean, it's it's difficult um, to know how you kind of put him down based on performances. Now, I do think that the era he played across, the position he was playing, played in, where there was a lot of work involved, probably did have a, have a you know, an impact on that, Connor. Like, I mean, this is a fella who can hit 210 in an all in club final, playing wing forward, doing an awful lot of work. You know what I mean? We'd never saw him racking up high scores from that wing forward position, where I, which I don't think was his best position.
4: Yeah, I mean, did we see the best of I I would like to think so, but it was probably too sporadic. Do you know? i, I that 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 might be what you were getting at in terms of like. So I suppose with a talent like Connolly, is that like, um, you know, he delivered he delivered some unbelievable moments, and he did have some seasons where he was fantastic when he did win the two all stars. But what he did, what he didn't have in comparison to say a lot of the Dublin players that he would have played with, was maybe a consistent level of that performance over maybe four to five seasons there was various reasons for that and we've got into them in the last three years in particular as for the era yeah I mean first of all he came up against when you're talking about the early 2000s or the early 2010s for example he came up against teams like Donegal that would have prevented him from delivering that type of performance you know where he might have got you know one seven one eight or two ten as you said at at club level and then not only that he came up against you know possibly in Lee Keegan the best man marker you know playing at the peak of his powers and marked him in some of the most from the biggest games between mayo and dublin at the all-ireland series in the last few years too so there was there was mitigating circumstances but in amongst all that you're still talking i mentioned early 2010s there i still think his best performance was probably dublin against Tyrone in 2011 and my other one on top of that would be against kerry in 2013 where uh scored four points I think from wing forward, one man of the match and effectively retired retired Tommaso Shea in in the process so yeah probably did we see the best some I think in moments yes but probably not as consistent as somebody deserving you know somebody with the talent of of McConnell.
2: I think yeah when you think of his best performances definitely Tyrone 11 he got six from play The all and final in 2011 was his best deolern final um I think Um, 2013 versus Kerry 16 versus Kerry like it's interesting that these two best performances against Kerry those two years were against a team you know that played more of a traditional style where he could get more ball close to goal and show what he can do Conan from a scoring perspective interesting that the 2015 final was against Kerry and he didn't play great in that and just expecting somebody who's you know held up in that regard as the greatest potentially of his generation probably never really took an all-Ireland by the scruff of the
0: neck i i know right but i i think there's a problem with how we're regarding it because like yeah like we didn't see him score two five and win all ireland himself and like we know that he he probably could have played off the full forward or played center forward and and been and held it yeah yeah you know but but what we did see was him playing in the middle like you know putting in hits and winning kickouts calming people lifting sieges and starting those transitions and and doing all those things and attacks that we're we're seeing in all the clips that's going on social media today like You know, we we could have saw him playing further forward, as you say, take it by the scruff of the neck, but but there's a problem of that's the only way that we can think of somebody being Class and seeing the best of them. I think we saw the best of Jeremy McConley as a as a modern day wing forward, and he was brilliant at
2: it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, the pass to Kilkenny last year in the all Ireland final, like, that was meant for Khan, number one, but like, I mean, the, some of his passes could have been a little bit kind of over-exaggerated. Like, that was a brilliant pass, but it was not meant for Kilkenny there. Khan made the run out, and it actually. Yeah, but that
0: was a 10 out of 10 pass for Con oh, been,
2: Yeah, no, no, I'm not wrong. But look, the pass to Khan
0: wouldn't been as spectacular as the pass to Kilkenny, who kind of came out of nowhere and caught it. Yeah, no, that that's fair because it looked like an over the top pass to yeah, get yeah. But but that was the beauty of, of his passes. Or even that one to Conn, like, they always had just an extra an extra ten meters. of depth of them were were just something that all their players didn't have, and he just always backed himself to do it.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think talent wise, I don't think anybody like I tweeted out a clip of his U- YouTube uh, best moments there, and Jesus Christ, Connor! Like, I mean, it's just breathtaking what he could do. And it's breathtaking how easy and relaxed he was when he was doing it. He just made these in- incredible scores look like this is sure this is this is handy.
4: Yeah, and it was the first example, Wooly, of like a, like a, no more than many people I've watched about uh, x amount of uh, football YouTube highlight videos with crappy music on top of them. And like I was, I saw you put that out, and it was like, it had the worst soundtrack in the background, like all these YouTube videos do. But like that's not to take away from like it was just it just came with like everything to hit like the, the the stuff that like the stuff that seems nearly impossible for, for a lot of people are just so difficult for a lot of people came so came so naturally to him and it's just like the, some of the best examples of that I think were were the nonchalance with, with, the, with the way he used to like knock over points on his left foot on the run, the, like the 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 one the one that stands out to me was the one in the 2016 going into injury time against Kerry in 2016. Yeah. But doubling a point up, or put them two points up, and then we're talking about some of the passes as well, some of the points with the outside of the boot from just you know from like 50 yards. It made it look so easy. Like he's like that. that that's the that's the thing about it. Like you you talk there about you know the the difficulty with holding Connolly up. Like he didn't he didn't. Grab all Ireland finals and stuff by the scruff of the neck. Whereas I would say that there are players in that Dublin team that did. I'm thinking of Kieran Kilkenny, for example, uh, James McCarthy in the 2017 final. So there are players that he played with that that did grab all Ireland finals by the scruff of the neck. But in terms of when I remember Dermot Dermot Connolly, I'm thinking about easily, easily the most naturally, the most naturally talented and gifted. Gifted player to have played since since he started maybe like in the mid two thousands and and like that's like he might he's not going to have the personal accolades I think he only won two All Stars, um you know and he's got plenty of All Irelands and stuff like that but like the legacy of that like it coming from Mayo like people still talk about Kieran McDonald to this day because of the because of the individual moments that he delivered and, and people are going to remember Jeremy Connolly like that for a long time to come
2: yeah i, t- I think that and i wouldn't count the all stars too much that's uh you know the likes of Martin Breheny and who who probably can't get an interview off him and it's easier leave connolly out there. he 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 should have had more all stars but not being nominated for Player of the Year, not winning Player of the Year, you still think that these greatest of all time would would one Player of the Year or been in the mix, no matter how you know little media they do. Like there's no doubt he is more of a darling of Hill 16, Conant, than probably any other Dublin player, maybe outside of Jason Sherlock when he was playing in '95. Like the Hill loves Dear McConnelly, and I think that there's no doubt that that kind of was amplified in 2017 when he pushed the lines man everyone in Dublin thought he was hard done by he took his medicine he said nothing he came back the hill absolutely loved him since then and funnily enough that's the hill loved him more the less they saw of him
0: (laughs) yeah well and like it's definitely the case because you know when other counties then started like not ganging up but they started having a dislike into him even before 2017 because he might have been involved in scuffles and fights and what have you so when when that's happening when there's a player who's divisive or maybe not loved as much beyond that county then that county tend to rally behind him even more like you know when yeah. they were they like, remember jim gavin's famous press conference as well coming out and just like backing him to the hilt, and that's that's what the hill did and like but it's it, he sort of became like a prototype as well of the kind of player that Dublin started churning him out, like, you know, with his skill level off both feet and his his catching and his work rate and, like, his physical The size like of him, was, yeah Yeah, mm. like, he just sort of was the ideal player then, what everybody in Dublin has to start looking at That's it.
2: I think, no matter what way you look at it, uh, Connor, it's it's players that aren't perfect. It's players that can get sent off. It's players that show they're human rather than, you know, the more robot players going, how does he do it? You might respect those players, but you don't love them. Like if you ask anyone in Argentina who they prefer, Maradona or Messi, they'll say Maradona, you know, and it's not because he won a World Cup, it's because he's one of them, right? Whereas Messi's just this freak of nature that maybe might not be able to relate to as much. You know, people who play club football, Get in trouble, you know. People, you know, aren't perfect. Dear McConnelly wasn't perfect, and that's as far as I can see is why the Hill absolutely loved him.
4: Yeah, they they love a bit of frailty. Like there's somebody they can they can relate to, and, and they definitely had that in Connolly. And they loved they loved like that when they had that with, the, with the pushing the ref, and even the the year before when. He got sent off after that, um, the battle with Lee Keegan. And I think that led to the things Lee did hashtag and all that sort of stuff. So Dublin fans had a, th- had a cause to get behind and their cause was Jermit in that instant. And I think, and you've kind of hinted at that, that I think that there was nearly, uh, desperation wouldn't be putting it too much. But in the last few years, because we saw so little of him, I think there was a kind of a rush to hype up some of the stuff that he did do a little more than maybe they they deserved because people were so keen to see German come back and be and be the type of player he was and like i know that that pass say in last year's final it, it was an unbelievable pass but there was a few moments like that where people were like oh German is back German is back and they just wanted their German back again and it didn't quite happen uh, unfortunately but you're right it's just that it's it's, it's the, the maradona one is a, is a is a is a good analogy because it's just it's not not saying the players he played with are, are messy or machines, but like there's there's a more human side to German and Van yeah. will can relate
2: that. That's the thing, and just to talk about Declan Kenny. Uh, pass in the other and final. K- Kieran Kilkenny technically made a very, very bad run there. Like, Con O'Callaghan, if he hadn't caught that, would be saying, Where are you going? That's my space. I'm running out for that. Kilkenny was just on fire that day and he must have wanted every ball because the right run for Kilkenny to make was either to run towards Dermot to leave space behind for Con, even if he didn't get it, and maybe double back around looking for the, you know, the the hand pass off Con. He completely hugged uh, Con's ball. But look, Kilkenny was on fire, Con, on that day. So I'm not going to be overly critical. But that was not. A run you want to teach young wing forwards?
0: No, and it's like if it was anybody else other than Kilkenny you would be roaring and shouting them out of it. Like get the hell out of my way! Like that—that's the one that a clumsy wing forward would be doing. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I've, often been,
2: I've often been ate when you're starting to get a bit too greedy. I've often been ate by the full forward line. Will you get out of my way?
0: I'm running out into there. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm conditioned now to stay in the back line as a half forward. That <laughs> <laughs> those boys play. The best thing about that move was the turnover, though, as well. And that probably yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: massive. And that was a massive turnover when you think about it, because there was a point in it, and and Kerry had just turned over Cluxon's kick out, which obviously is massive in any game. And instead of Kerry being on the front foot and getting a point to get a draw match. Connolly turns him over, gives a bullet of a pass, meant for Con, Kilkenny made a terrible run. Jesus, it was just Dublin's day when you think about it. We're getting back into analyzing the, the All-Ireland final last year now. But that was it. That was a massive turning point in the game. And that was down to Connolly. And I think I remember saying... Um, at the time, even though I was in Australia, Connolly was brilliant in that final when he came on, and he was, at, he should have been taken off in that final when he came on. So he had a real mixed, uh, mixed bag that day. Shout out to Adrian Marin, who retired as well. Way to go, Adrian. You timed that perfectly, right? So Adrian would have got a much bigger uh, percentage of the show today. A player I really like, some man to kick a, kick a pint. Um, he's retired as well. Deserves a shout out for being an excellent player. I remember meeting him on the street in Sligo one night. And we both recognised each other and we had uh, we had a bit of crack. He brought me to a, a nightclub in Sligo town and brought me straight up to the VIP. There was nobody in the nightclub at that time. So I don't know why we needed necessarily to go to a VIP <laughs> in, uh, in Sligo. But listen, we we're laughing about it. So shout out to him. Um, Connor. I'm sure you've seen plenty of Adrian Marin. I won't throw that to Conan. He's our Dublin uh, correspondent.
4: Yeah, I, was it Envy, Woolly? Was it Envy the nightclub that night? Was it?
2: I could have been. I can't remember the name of it, but we went up the stairs and this place was cordoned off as a VIP section of this local. <laughs> we don't have that in Port Leash, so it was a bit of a novelty.
4: Uh, yeah, I think it's changed name a couple of times. But if you're in the B, if you were in the VIP section in Envy and Sligo back in the day, you were the big deal. So. <laughs> no, no. I remember one particular game, Woolly. Um, a couple of good games against Mayo, but the one game I remember. It was early 2010s again and he, he played against Galway in, um, it was in Pierce Stadium in Shum and he was playing full forward and he absolutely destroyed Galway. Brilliant off both feet, really quick, but the thing about Adrian Marin is just like, playing for Sligo, he didn't get the exposure at national level that no. he probably deserved, but he was absolutely brilliant and yeah, what time, <laughs> I don't know, did he know that German was going to announce his retirement and said he'd slip under the radar, but maybe as somebody who brought you to the VIP section, he was just caught off guard, so... Yeah, but best luck him in retirement. He would a great career.
2: Exactly, David Fitz has been in the media this week, lads. He has been making a lot of sense. Um, you know, he's talking about spending and spending caps. And because this is so logical and makes sense, we know for a fact the GA won't introduce it because they're, you know, without going bashing them, common sense doesn't often come in and fairness doesn't often come into their thinking. So, the baby says some counties at our level that's um, incredible. Some other counties, I don't know our budget, but I think it's pretty okay. Everyone should be on the same budget, it should be around the same. I have a big backroom team, uh, but I can tell you an awful lot of them are doing for nothing. They get very little out of it, they're doing, doing it because they love it. I would love to see that there will be a cap on what you could spend. Wouldn't that be great, uh, Conan? if every county had the same finances at the start of the year? And at least that can't be used, you know, as a as a reason. Although, like, I mean, obviously, there it happens in other sports as well that some teams are richer and maybe they deserve it. But I suppose maybe in an amateur sport, should it not be a level playing field?
0: well that's it and like you're mentioning when teams here richard like, but there's enough natural advantages then that come with having a, a population or all those commercial sponsors and then once you're once you're winning like that's a merry-go-round that you, you don't come off as easily and it's harder for the other the other countries to get onto it then once once the wheels are in motion the only thing i would say about what davy's saying and i completely agree almost just doesn't go far enough like you can to the them that's, and that's just one team you know when like imagine like the income say the dublin are getting I know they're always the example, but obviously they're getting far more than everybody else. They, They might not be able to spend as much on their senior team, but then they've got underage teams. They've got coaches in the county, schools to infiltrate. They've got grounds and facilities to build. Like you can still do a lot of work outside of that one team and it will eventually feed into it. So I still think to take on what Davy saying a bit further, you need to just cap what each county earns and make that fair across the board. Would,
2: would, would there be ways around it, Connor? Like, I mean, we can say you can cap it and then your county board, you know, puts through the books exactly what, you know, the, the, they're, going to, they're going to spend. And then some, you know, benefa- bene- or benefactor, uh, you know, privately gives a hundred grand or whatever to that. Like county, county manager's payments don't go through the books. Like, is it, is it, is it practical?
4: Yeah, well, well, I think there's there's always going to be ways around it, Willie. But like the the point that Conor made there is valid, and it's something that we've we've discussed before in terms of like that. It just simply isn't fair that like you know it's well it's not it's nothing against the, the bigger counties that they can command more money and more you know sponsorship revenue than than smaller counties, whatever. But like considering that the GA is an amateur organization, you know we've talked about it before that there needs to be some you know some sort of universal pool like that, that 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 these funds that are generated through. GEA teams can be then divvied out to to give to give the other counties a fighting chance. And I think that this is gonna become this is gonna become more relevant than ever next year because we've already have and like before we get into twenty twenty one, we've already had numerous county board chairmen that are talking about the viability Avenger County operations next year because they've they've taken such a hit because of COVID. So like whether like you mentioned earlier on, the GA probably won't consider it because you know it's common sense and they haven't done that in the past. But like the reality is, it's going to hit them. This going to hit so many counties like a slap in the face next year, yeah. and they're going to look at a more kind of. Socialist approach to 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 divvying out the funds that the that the GA and individual individual counties do do generate.
2: Yeah, it might this this whole thing might have might kind of force change um, across the whole association. There's there's war going on in in Kildare. Um Selbridge were beaten last weekend by Moorfield. Um and the the apparently it was a very controversial match and Selbridge are saying that the referee was not fair in any way. I got some stats from the Selbridge side. Now I have to repeat that this is from the Selbridge side of things. From their, you know, their own stats team, is that forty five frees were given in the game and thirty two of them were given to Moorfield and Moorfield kicked ten of fourteen scorable frees and Selbridge kicked three of four. You know, like, I mean, if they're fair stats, you can kind of see, like, there has to be something to this game, lads, because if we're being honest, while most people I've contacted are are staying fairly quiet about it, you're looking at Kevin Flynn, Paddy Brophy and Fergal Conway actually taking the extreme, now I have to say this is extreme kind of option to potentially not commit to the county. Like, I mean, this must have been a pretty poor refereeing performance.
0: It is, it's it's really, really extreme, but I suppose we've probably all been there, you know, where you've been completely screwed over in a game, and a big game at like that as well, and yeah, the anger that comes with that afterwards, and you're thinking, why would I bother, like, I I was never in your position, Willie, but I can understand why somebody would think, why would I bother representing the county, if that's, if that's how, you're, how you're treating me, but the only thing I would say is that, like, you know, per Jack O'Connor, has nothing to do with that, like, yeah. <laughs> You're not representing the if you think it's a county board member screwing you over or a referee or whatever. You're not you're not just representing them. You're representing more than that. And you're and you're doing it for yourself. You know this better than me. But um, I, I'd save a bit of time. It might it might calm down a bit.
2: It might calm down a bit. Like I mean, to talk, of Mick O'Grady is going back in. But like I said, those other three lads are are thinking about what they should do. Like here's the thing: their beef is obviously the appointment of this referee. He apparently, uh, oh, listen, there's some second kind of hand connections with Moorfield anyways. So obviously their, their issue is with the appointment of this referee. They're looking to punish the county board. Who are they ending up punishing? They're punishing themselves and they're punishing their teammates on the Kildare team and punishing Jack O'Connor. I don't see how this kind of necessarily solves anything. Connor. Yeah,
4: yeah. I was just, I just saw somebody, somebody on Twitter was saying. Um, so I was looking up for 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 what happened in in the in the Sebridge game, but they were saying that Henry, if Morphe will win, Henry Barrett will drink for free in Neeson for the rest of his life. So that's another indication, I suppose, into maybe the the one sided nature that some people thought about it. But like, I, but this is the thing. Like, I guess as Colin said there, I guess kind of the that they're that pissed off that this is the level of protest that they're prepared to go to. But like, if the end game is is that. Do you know, like it's 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 Kildare that suffers, it's their teammates that suffer. And even I was seeing that their manager was saying that, like, he while he's he said he's never seen anything like it in his life in terms of refereeing performance, but he's also saying that he hopes that the players go back in. And he said himself, this is the Morfield are the um the oh the, the name is case the Selbridge manager. Sorry, he said that he doesn't think that the whole county should be held accountable for it, which is like I get what the lads are trying to do in terms of make their point, but this is what's going to happen and in a few months' time the Kildare supporters will be wondering, you know, they, they'll have forgotten about this game and they'll be thinking, we still don't have four of our best players. So, you know, it's just that in the end, you know, they, they might just have to take a few days to stew and then bite their tongue and get over
2: I'd say that's probably what will happen. This I'm calling this next uh, topic Motivating Brilliant, Successful, Incredible Players Part 2 because I think you'll remember us talking about Will O'Donoghue um, or maybe it was with, with Brian Carroll. I can't, I can't fully remember, but he was he was captain of the Pearship when they won the county title and he was saying everyone was mad to have a push at us, you know, and TG Caher interview and Shane Dowling interviewed or questioned our hungry, our hunger. So hope everyone knows that we're alive and kicking or whatever. And I was thinking, Jesus, yeah, like these lads are very sensitive to being told, you know, that they don't have the hunger. And it seems like it's a big motivating factor. But anyways, TJ Reid after Ballyhill Shamrocks. I have to remember, double all Ireland winners, three in a row Kilkenny, uh, titles, one pretty much ease. The last two were one at ease anyways. And TJ Reed said after they won it, there was a question mark over our hunger for the final. They were speaking about Dixborough and their athletic speed, their pace, their strength. So we were hearing that all week. James O'Connor, who's their manager, spoke about that all year. He was listening in from the outside. He was looking at O'Loughlin, Gales and Dixborough. They were all talking about those two teams. So we knew that we had competition this year. And whenever there's competition or a challenge thrown at these boys, they'll go out there and give it 110%. Fair play to James O'Connor for, for convincing Bally Hale that Dixborough and Lachlan Gales are anywhere near as good as them. Like, I mean, Conan, that's unbelievably good management because as far as I'm concerned, if I'm a Bally Hill Shamrocks player,
0: I'm probably not going to buy into that too much. Uh, it's such an incredible feat from Connor because yeah. like, we've all been in a changing room where somebody said, you want to hear what they're saying about you down the road? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, it's bullshit. Like, they're not saying that at all. And he somehow got into their heads and... I find it like it's actually a, a great, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this segment, the, the motivating, brilliant, successful, incredible players uh, segment, because remember the Michael Jordan documentary or the last dance? And everyone yeah. was, they, were, yeah. they were laughing at him and it became sort of a joke, like, you know, how he personally made a lot of these rivalries. But I interviewed a, a sports psychologist and asked her about it. I was like, did he did he lean into that too much? She said no because he's got like 80 odd games, he's done it all. So, like, you're seeing a documentary where he's doing it about four times a season. He needs something to get himself up for those games. And if he can match yeah. up, to the Sahana player said, then that's going to help him. Well,
2: he used to make things up to motivate himself, really. Like,
0: I <laughs> mean, but this is the gas
2: thing, like, there's only so often you can do that, though. So, like, James O'Connor coming in as a new manager, questioned her hunger. Maybe that's not an angle that Henry Shefflin had taken, you know, before him. So, he was lucky. And often in, in that regard, because I've told this story before, it was like, you know, we're playing back in 2000, when I came back to Portlaoise, 2011, and you're playing in a county semi-final and the speech before it is, you know, these lads don't you. It was against Stradbally, and like I'd worked out in Stradbally, and Stradbally might not fear Portlaoise, but they, they, they know how good we were. Like, I mean, this was when Portlaoise were Leinster contenders and You know, all Ireland contenders. And I said, these lads don't think you're any good, whatever. All right, grand for the semi-final because Stradbury had beaten us. Then we go play Greg Cullen in the final. And this big speech from one of the joint managers is about, lads, I was over in Greg Cullen out there during the week. And I, or no, no, I was, I was working. He worked in the prison or he worked as a guard and I was over in Great Cullen and I was talking to a lad that I know. Let's, these lads don't think you're any good. And I was thinking, like, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, Great Cullen would be terrified of Port Leash if we're being honest. We don't have a huge rivalry of them. I, I, have friends in Great Cullen who'd have mad, who would actually come and support Port Leash in Leinster because they think we're so good. And this lad's trying to convince us to say these lads. Le- and I was just like, oh, Christ. That, so, like, I mean, I suppose, Overplaying these kind of things, Connor, is too much. A new manager coming in, maybe coming at a hunger angle, isn't a bad thing. But holding it for the final was probably the right thing to do if that's what he did.
4: Well, it worked, I suppose. So yeah, like, it, like it, any tactic that works is is an effective one. But it's but I find it amazing in these circumstances that nobody ever questions the reputation or the credibility of the people who are who are questioning the team itself. So as you said, your man over in Gray Cullen. You know, he was he was he was to a fella on the street or something like that. But you're, you know, you could you could just make that up from anywhere. Like it, that he did. Mess-
2: well, he did make it up because there's no way do, anyone at Gregorule would have said that. that.
4: That that doesn't mean that the team that you're playing against or the players or the management involved are questioning you. And when when TJ Reid said they were talking about them all year or they were doing this, I was like, who are these? They like are they the same same people that were on to you when you said you'd be disappointed not to see Valley Hale in a in a provincial championship there a couple of weeks ago? But like, I suppose when. I you know obviously way more about this uh, Willie having some won so many county titles with Port Leash, but when you win so much, I imagine you have to work harder to find sources of motivation. And that's yeah. that's if you're in desperate need of sources of motivation. Like some 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 players and some teams you have that are motivated enough, they don't need those outside sources. They don't need somebody telling them they're crap or that they that they don't rate you or anything like that. Like, you know, you can't be can't be like Mayo, or you can't be even like my own club and using the car to finally getting over the line all the time. You have to, you know, you have to find somebody who who's questioning you and stuff like that. But, but like, I like I even the even the TG Car one with um, with Shane Dowling and the piercing, is, is asking questions about somebody's hunger not perfectly reasonable? As you said, like, oh, no, Hale, it,
2: it is reasonable, but it fairly pisses them off. Like, I mean, yeah, you would, but- if you were a manager, you would actually ring up Shane Dowling here, do us a favor there, and question our <laughs> hunger. <laughs> like, I mean, you would, you would ask one of your punditry friends, Conan, to say, you, you know, to plant them on TV and say, ah, it's a big issue with their hunger this year. Bally Hale, you know, TJ Reid, especially now, actually, he's not hungry.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not for the job, would be Jude you see, you see, everybody on the street who's able to tell um, some sort of story, so he'd be perfect for it.
2: Yeah, maybe that's what Dublin need to do this year. When under Desi, Desi needs to get one of the high-profile Dublin pun a Kieran Wheelan to say, "In the after the first round, poor enough performance from Dublin." And um, you'd have to say, I think hunger is going to be a huge issue for them this year. Bang, dressing room wall hunger. You know how this pisses off the top players. Colin Cooper's frothing at them out Like I mean, this, <laughs> Kieran Kilkenny is absolutely livid. He can't sleep for three days, and uh, Dublin win six. Six in a row, Cutter.
4: But if it gets them talking about something else apart from the process, then I'm happy enough. You know, if Kieran Whelan has to has to take that sword for everyone else, and then if that works for Dublin, we'll then let him off.
2: It can be done. There's no doubt about that. Um, St. uh You might have never heard about St. Barnabans. I hadn't, if I'm being honest. And I played out in New York for two summers. I don't know where they were at that stage. They probably came up through the ranks. But they've won their first senior uh, county title over in New York and um, I didn't really have time on Monday to talk about this, but they needed extra time in a replay to get it done. Again, replays. What is it about this COVID? Replays in a final all over again or even in New York um, They came from 10 points down, right? The most notable thing, like the most, the biggest talking point from this is St. Barnabins have no outside players. They're an, uh, their team is made up completely of all American-born players. Now, this is unheard of any summer I went out. Now, to be fair... The year when every other club couldn't get players from Ireland out, you know, and St. Barnabans were in a much, much stronger position than they would be in any other year. There's no doubt about that. Um, but the New York County chairwoman uh, Joan Henshey, said after the game, and this has to come as alarm bells to any teenage, any college student in Ireland that likes to get over to America, get their few grand, get their, get their job, have their night out, you know, enjoy the american culture even though they're all crazy over there now i'm glad it's not now that i was looking to go over she said that it just shows that we're quite capable of competing in new york without sanctions and transfers or importing players jesus i don't know this would be a huge blow and one nice little perk cannon of uh of being an intercounty player or even a, a decent club player that has connections is to get a nice handy summer in america
0: yeah i actually thought of you and dear mcconnelly <laughs> 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 story i thought jesus there's a there's a nice cash cow gone for the two boys every summer, like, you know, but um, it's it's a shame, but it's also good because I think this is the the reason why you're trying to spread GA over in America is is to have American players starting to play. Like, you know, you don't want a whole all Irish games every year. And I know it's not that, but I think this is a good milestone to see an American team do it people who've come up through underage. And like you know, that that's it. Like you're trying to build this, so people will come, and it'll be it'll be bigger games. It'll not just be a little home from home for everybody who's out abroad.
2: Well, that's it. Shane Hogan said after the game, who's one of one of their um, county players. He said a lot of a lot of guys have been playing with ba- uh, Barnabas. Did I, what did I call them? Did I say call, Saint Barnabas? Anyway, I, I get club names wrong all the time, so I'm sure this is just going to um, add to the list. So Barnabas. Um, a lot of guys would have been playing with Barnabas since we we're under sixes, and I don't know about uh, you two um Connor but when i think of playing in america i think of their senior team and i think of importing players and i think of that i never think of underage structures within the clubs out in america
4: no absolutely not no but like like it's 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 amazing to see like like and like we're 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 coming on like like off the back of the last few years where New York have had domestic based you know domestic players um in their in their actual county squad that are playing against teams in the Connacht Championship as well so it's brilliant to see I I just don't think I know Joan Henchy said that but like I I don't see uh, like uh, to 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 cast a reassuring note for the for the students and and people that might might fancy a, a summer in America when all when all the COVID stuff is over. I just don't. I like. I I I, I can see that continuing for as long as. You know as, 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 as long as it'll go on because you know, like it, things go in cycles and, and people will end up in the states. And, and when talented players become available, you know, the clubs that are in that are in New York as well are going to want to snap them up. But if it doesn't happen, Wooly, you've had your fun, and that's all that matters.
2: Well, that's all that matters. Their manager afterwards, uh, Johnny McGeaney, um, said, I don't know if it's an, an ignorance or what they get from the Irish side, but then just never gave up. That was coming back from the 10 points down. And I would say, Johnny, you're right, it's the pure ignorance from. from from the Irish side, I would imagine. The last story on this one is um, a great dairyman who's just got a six-game ban in soccer. We can have to talk about soccer in this for pissing on the pitch, right? So I think this was a very interesting thing that we need to analyse, is pissing on the pitch and how you can do it um, indiscreetly and not have the whole stadium and the TV cameras pick you up like Owen Bradley did. (laughs) So, like, I mean... He went down into a press-up position. Have you seen the picture of this, Conan? I presume you have. He almost went down to a, in a press-up position, lifted up his shorts, and had the little uh, fella, w- you know, blowing around in the breeze while he was going for a piss. This was picked up. He got a six-game ban, which is a massive ban, really. When I have to say, I've seen loads of GA players do it, going down on one knee, not taking the little man out, you know, just have it kind of hidden between the loose short under the loose shorts. Yeah but maybe the little piddle coming down just on the inside of the, of the leg that's kneeling down. So look, a tip for anyone who wants to piss on the pitch, that's how you do it, not like Owen Bradley.
0: Well, like that, that's it, but it's, it's like a groin stretch, isn't it, that you're talking about? Yeah, you've got- yeah. And like, I actually had a bit of sympathy for Owen Bradley because I thought he, was, like, he wasn't he was doing everything right by the book, but he was doing it his own way. He was doing a press-up. He wasn't just standing there. pissing. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, there has to be accountability for the director, like because I saw a clip of it. And I was like, right, cut away from him. Like, you yeah. know, showed you him pissing for a few seconds. It was, it was mad.
2: Well, I don't think they were showing him necessarily. They were actually they were showing the team in the huddle. Now, what actually did him was the whole team sat down for the huddle. It reminded me of that manager. Do you remember him? They were getting oh. hammered against Man City. Phil, Phil, what do you call him?
4: Oh, home home.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, that lad, right. So they're all sitting down. So. They didn't have much camouflage for poor Owen Bradley, who wanted to have his little sneaky um, piss. I remember before the Minor All Ireland in Croke Park in '96, I pissed in the huddle, standing up, just pissed down onto the ground. I, I had to go; it was too close to the foot to the starting whistle in the game to, um, you know, to to run back into the restroom. The the sensation to go for a piss was so strong that I just wouldn't have been able to concentrate. I had no other option in this in this case. I waited until the huddle until it was well covered and nobody would have known any different, only my teammates who weren't too happy about me doing it. But I just had to do that. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Owen Bradley could have got a lot of more help off his teammates, Connor is basically the point they am making here.
4: I'm just surprised that we're analysing techniques of, uh, you know, players <laughs> pissing on the pitch. And actually, I think there was a... I'm pretty sure there was an incident. I'm not going to name the player of the team, but it was on TV... Like an All Ireland quarter final or semi-final stage in the last couple of years where the camera inadvertently went to somebody who was doing the classic woolly technique that you've described there with the with the one knee down and, and the legs stretched out and kind of and kind of going at it there. But it's just unfortunate for Owen Bradley that this happened to him in the same week that Owen uh what's your man's name from Spurs? Eric Dyer had to actually leave the pitch. I was about to ask what's the alternative. So when Owen Bradley is spotted doing that and Eric Eric Dyer does the thing and, and leaves leaves to the bathroom, it doesn't uh, it doesn't look,
2: uh, it doesn't well, look dars, good. Dars was a number two, no? I don't, know, I don't, know, any se- I don't know any secrets to do that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary Lidegger, no, Gary Lidegger knows all about
2: it. <laughs> yeah, 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 Lidegger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, okay, lads, listen, we've got overtime there. We'll leave it there on the Owen Bradley pisser. And uh, listen, I think it's a bit It's a bit extreme. And you're right, the, the director could have cut away faster Even though it's not like he was trying to try to record Owen Bradley doing it. But listen, he needs to be a little bit more streetwise and do the grind stretch. As far down as you can go and you won't be caught. Right, we'll leave it there and we'll be back. Um, We'll look ahead to the matches at the weekend.
3: Is the little dink fist pass from a crowded area into that? D, we're at home by where Bernard. I thought the to Bernard the bell. is very patient. But this little dink ball, you know the one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken out, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest, and there's consternation then in around the D, in around that area. Watch for this in the semis in the final. Do you
2: know the one I'm talking about? That little fisted ball that's just been in, in a crowded area, but it gets to the, the yeah, body. You, you have said it three times. It's in around you But you're looking <laughs> at me. out well, of a crowded area, is it? You're looking right? at me with such a confused <laughs> air, a confused head, in you. It's like I it was talking about you trying to get a point in coppers or something there. In a crowded
3: area. Yeah. Watch for us.
2: All right, so matches at the weekend, lads. So we know Curra Finn are out of the Galway Championship, so it's Mount Bellew, my lock versus my Cullen in the final. So there's going to be a new winner for the first time since 2012. Um, to help us look ahead to this one, uh, Ray Silk joins us on the line now. First off, Ray, how's everyone in Curra Finn? It's a very unusual feeling for you all.
1: Yeah, I was uh, talking to one of my nephews there, Cahill and Liam, earlier in the week. And, you know, it, it is a, it's, a, it's a strange development when, you, when you're county champions for seven years in a row and your last defeat is, is 2012, as you said. You know, one of the lads at work was just saying, he has a 2012 car. And he was saying, I bought that span new that year. So eight years is a huge amount of time. But, you know, um, I bet you deservedly won. And I think Cahill Finn had been writing the book, the look a little bit, Colin, for the last two years. It took a replay against Tume last year. They were beaten yeah. the first day, but they managed to get out of the noose. And the previous year, it was seven six against Mount Belieu and they scored an injury time. So Mount Belieu played as they always have, but just Carfin didn't have the they didn't have the gas in the tank. Like they looked like a a car to me. You know those electric charge cars they have now, and <laughs> it that's beeping. The battery was gone, and you know, Jason Leonard at midfield from Michael Daly, a handful. Dahi Brook is Tulloch Moore's county captain as well. He's the captain for the county final next week. He had a fine game, but it was tough going. And Kieran Fitzgerald, at 38, 39 years of age, his presence at full-back, not alone for his, his stability, but also his organisational skills. And uh, my own nephew Lean was marking Owen Finity, who gave him yeah. bags of it. And Patrick Kelly is a big mammoth of a man, 6-5. And the full-back line were not able for the aerial threat that Mount Belly posed. So while Corfin are disappointed, 30, oh, six of those guys are 30 or over, and Gary Sice is, I think, 36. So is it the end of that team Yes, I'd say so. In many ways, it probably is. It's not that they're just 30, but they have so many miles in the clock, season after season after season. So, you know, it's going to take a few minors to come in there, underage things. And while everyone thinks Carfina, this, you know, Rolls voice of an under underage coming through, the quality coming through is very hard to replace. Amazing yeah. players like Sice and Fitzgerald. Those guys, just I'll finish on, uh, on Fitzgerald and Sice, but particularly Fitzgerald, 14 county medals. That's a once in a generation kind of a player that yeah. he stayed injury free, that his wife let him play, that his career allowed him to play, he, an All-Star in 2001 and an All-Ireland medal in, in, in 2019. It's just, it's Lake in the grail kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, that's freaky, all right. There's no doubt about it. So, Unfinity got six from playoff, off Liam Silk, which I couldn't. I, I was surprised. I was trying to ask people, and who was who was Finnerty marking because he was full forward and Silk was full back. And I suppose they left Liam Unfinity who kicked three from play off him or six from play off him. Yeah, they
1: left the left Liam off him. You see, uh, Fitzie was gone, so they were kind of looking for full back. Cured Malloy. The kind of the tradition in, in Carfin column is that they would go kind of horses for courses and Liam. Still, could have normally done very, very well on Infinity, but Infinity was getting good quality ball, and you know he's a, he's a strong unit as well. Barry McHugh was doing well outside him, and there was no cover at all. So it was mano a mano, one on one, and Finity had had it, had the better of him that day. And Patrick Kelly, who's six foot five, now I, I marked Dermot early in the Northern Ireland final, and I was very conscious of the the fact that he had two or three inches on me. Now, when you're giving away six inches. And high ball is coming in, you're in big trouble. So I think Kelly was asked into the goal with seniors earlier in the
2: year. Hang on, and he didn't hang on, hang on now. Dermot Early has three inches on you if you're uh, on your tippy toes. <laughs> I don't know Jesus we're having a
1: nice conversation there uh, and me a leash man the same as yourself and you pull across my shin there was no to there at all Parkinson <laughs> but I take your point but I'm just saying when you were in the full back line and, and in that game uh, I think Mick O'Dwyer was trying to get Dermot to go inside so high ball in Kelly did awful damage as well and Kieran Malloy got taken off and and, and deservedly so so we had no Corfin had no answer to the aerial threat of Finity and uh, Kelly, and they played porging to be honest, now for my Colin, my Colin have Sean Kelly in there who's a fine player, count, you know, county fullback really, and they have maybe Garrett Badshaw, but I don't know have they got a second guy, to, so I expect Kelly to maybe uh, be able for Finity, but who have they got for Kelly, and that's a big question, now you know, Kel- Kelly scored a few points as well, he took took his goal very very well, but curfin were beaten in the fullback line and badly beaten,
2: Right, so like I mean, my colonel, or like I mean, first of all, um, how good are Mount Bellew, my luck? Like we said, they've been close enough to Carl Finn in other years, playing a very defensive style. Have they evolved with that? Has Val Daly's influence, you know, changed them into a more attacking style? I think you just kind of referenced that they didn't change all that much.
1: No, uh, no, what I, I reference is that they've always, Corrufin, they took Curfin to a replay one year. They took him to a replay two years ago. Michael Donlan, who's a former star with Curfin, not, not the Dunmore Michael Donlan, but Kerfin, he brought them to a county final, county semi-final. Val has changed them in one aspect. They're pushing up much more, and it nice. was I, I was lucky enough to get into the stand in Pear Stadium, and you could hear Val Daly shouting, "Push up, pressure, pressure, pressure." So when Bernard Power, the Curfin goalie, was getting it, all his backs were being pressured, pressurized. Now once the last ball once the ball got lost out the field, then they retreated. But they really put the full court press on Curra And just on an aside on on Val Daly, um, people might know this to the listeners, just uh, how history and geography repeats itself. Val was captain of Montbellu when they last won the title in 1986 and here he is 34 years later managing a side with his, with his son at midfield and his other son would be playing John who unfortunately is over to push to give him an injury. Yeah. And in 1986, Willie, you like this. In 1986, Valdelli said he wished everyone a happy Christmas because the county final was played in December the 13th. <laughs> Brilliant, because he Brilliant. he had been away with the international rules series. He was down in Australia, so the whole thing was held up for a month. But that was valuable back then, wishing people happy Christmas. Will they win on Sunday? It's a fifty fifty game, and I'm not sitting on the fence. Montpelu uh, beat Anna down very well in the first round. To beat Mikhail Brannocks, and just a little bit of a backstory to the game in the dead in the dead rubber of a match uh, in, in in the group stage. Mountbello. Got beaten by Mike Cullen by four fourteen to one nine down in Jumeirah Stadium. Wow. Hammered them four fourteen to one nine. But I I get the feeling very strongly that Montpellier practically threw that game. They just didn't care. Like they were just walking around. They had no interest at all. So now back in the final, you know, will that come back to haunt uh, Mike Cullen? Or what will they have learned? Or how much will Montpellier have have learned? Now you said how good are Montpellier? They have two outsta- They have three outstanding forwards. Finnerty, Kelly, and one of the best free taker in the county from the ground, Barry McHugh. So the three serious forwards there, is that enough to get them over the line? They might need Michael Daly, who was phenomenal at midfield the last day. They might need a bit from him. If they had John Daly, uh, who was the normal centre-back and Michael's brother, if he was playing, I would go for Mount But
2: I don't know, are things going well for Mike Cullen? Can we talk a little bit about Mike Cullen? Yeah, no, that's what I was wondering, where they've come from. They won the Intermediate in 15. Peter Cook's in America, mm. you, you know, one of their, would have been one of their best players. I, I'm surprised you're calling this 50-50. I'll tell you why. Mike Cullen have three new
1: signings this season that I'm aware of. they are three new players. One is an absolute gem of a player. He's from Antrim. Owen Gallagher is his name and Don Canella and their manager and Maurice Sheridan were a few figures and teams maybe that was a connection with NUIG I don't know but Gallagher mm-hmm. is a, he's a bloody good player now he's an inter forward to join the club and he's, he's experienced he's not 19 or 18 or just out of the ranks this boy he was the game changer against Hoom Stars he broke the tackle he scored a stunning goal set up points that's number one number two they have a guy Tom Clark who uh, oh, your listeners will enjoy this now he's from Knockmore and he transferred to my column this year and the boy is from Knockmore who won the Mayo <laughs> championship. So there's pressure on him to deliver. He's a good midfielder, himself and Mark Lydon, now, oh, good players and, and where did he know,
2: did I, did he just move to the town or is he an NU, or is he a college Morris Sheridan connection as well?
1: No, he's a he's a guard. The Sheikana, uh connection, and Don okay. Don Don is a guard as well. So look, I don't know how these things work. <clears throat> You'd have to get uh, Shawnee Johnson and a few of these lads that have transferred
2: back and <laughs> over. Did you ever did you ever transfer anywhere? No, I well, I'm completely against it, right? Yeah, well, anyway. Well, I did. No, oh, I did. <coughs> I went to Parnell's. That's why I'm only joking. Oh yeah, Parnell's back in. That's a long time ago now. Yeah, it is. Well, two thousand and nine. We,
0: yeah. We,
1: yeah, but I understand with, with, with locations so what I heard about Tom is you know you work nights in Galway and you finish up at 9 or 10am and then you have to go down and train and after a night shift and the, you know the guards are doing I 12 know. and 13 hour shifts so he's there and then there's Neil Walsh as well from Cavan who's a good player at full forward so 9, 11 and 14 are all wow. new signings to the club like Right
2: to a, to a club like, that was making waves already anyways
1: to a club that was working very very hard got beaten last year uh, in the semi-final uh, by Tum, uh, even though they were up a good few points. Now maybe one or two of the lads were there last year, but the, the new signings from the point of view to the club in the last year or two. But I think I think Gallo didn't play last year. Then you tied that in with. Um, some, some some well-known names, Garrett Bradshaw, who has been a goer with Starwood yeah. for years and years, obviously, and then um, Aidan Caffey has been there a long time. The captain is only a young buck, uh, Desi Keneally. He was minor a few years ago, and it's a good yeah. decision by Don to make a young fellow captain because he seems to have been able, well, he might be 22, 23, he's, uh, going on to be a national school teacher. He's able to kind of gel the older and the younger And if if it's live on, well, you can stream it live anywhere uh, on gobyga.e, but keep an eye out for this guy. His name is James McLaughlin. He's 18. He's 18 in December. Now he's six foot four. He was minor. He was midfield in the Gory uh, minors, and he was midfield in the under twenties. He is an absolute monster of a man. They play him at wing forward, and they try and target a few kickouts for him. And there's very few club wing backs that are going to be able for a six foot four man at wing forward. So, I'm stepping Daniel Cox. You might vaguely remember the listeners might remember there we were. Uh, Galway got to an All Ireland final against Cork, and they got beaten in extra time and Daniel Cox scored a screamer to bring them back into the game uh, in, in normal time so he's able to come on then so they have a bit of a bench Paul Kelly is another supersonic basketball player as well Sean's brother Paul is was considered I think he was Irish youth basketball captain for a while he's a super playmaker so by calling common side have they got the experience that Montbello have no could they win on Sunday Yes, I would say they absolutely could but based on both games and that's what you can look on Montbello seemed to have a wee bit more about them the last day but McCullin, uh scored over three, got three goals and they set up two or three more goal chances so if their forward line can click through Owen Gallagher I don't think, you know, I, like, it's very hard to call when you have two teams that have been have never met before in a final. My Cullen's last final, <laughs> are you ready for this? Because <laughs> I said to my nephews, uh, Cullen, we enjoy this kind of a family bit of an argument. I said to my nephews earlier in the year, it'd be good if someone else won. And they said, what are you talking about? And I said, the likes of Mike Cullen have never, because I live in my Cullen now, the likes nice. of Mike Cullen have never won a senior championship. And you've got boys walking around with 10, 12, and 14 medals, like, to be fair, like, spread it out a bit. And, you know, but they didn't like hearing that. But I, I do believe that as you get older, you get a little bit more altruistic. And yeah, yeah. My, my, Cullen's last final was 1977. My Cullen haven't been in the county final in 43 years. And they've never won it. They've never won it. And, and Carfin beat them in 77. No, they've never won it. And Shadow's boys have played Lord rest a few of them have uh, passed away onto the the big the big stadium in the sky like but those men are in their seventies now I meet them and they're, they're going to go to the game because of that reason but it's very concerning that only a hundred people are going to be allowed in I believe there's a frenzy in the club trying to get the the hundred tickets and the club secretary's gone to ground and but it's great to see the colour like I said I live there my my we've trained my boys play with them and my girls play with my Colin and it's great to see the colour and the pageantry that has never been in the club as long as I'm there. And also, just to add another little side, doing the intermediate hurling final uh, in a few weeks' time as well. So, it's the classic dual club. You know, they're no same, they're, they're not like the the naughty boys. I uh, saying what? Well, not same cause I can't think of them. Uh, what's the dual club? Oh, in, nail. and um, knock, nail. Nail. Like, Thank you. I couldn't think of it. They're, they're not like the nail, but there is some talks of do the double, the intermediate championship and the senior championship. But I need the football people out and looking past Sunday, but. It has the makings of a cracker. Now, they're saying if it goes to level three down here, the game will have to be moved from uh, Pier Stadium down to Tumor Stadium because the city would be in a lockdown situation then. So we're hoping that announcement right. doesn't come tomorrow. But there's some talk of that happening on Friday and that can make things very difficult for you know, for, for my Colin. They're so used to now playing in Pier Stadium. But it has, it has the makings of a, a humdinger of a game. To call the winner, based... You know, maybe there's a little bit more scoring power uh, with Mike column with Desi Keneally, Conor Bohan, and uh, Gallagher and McLaughlin. But I would be confident Mike column wouldn't even be in the final if they hadn't got the those those few lads joining up through the Gardy and through I think own I think Neil is a I think the, Owen Gallagher is a, is, a, is a doctor. So any club that gets a few signings like that, sure, it's
2: it's manna from heaven. I know it definitely is and uh, one thing about this one I would say it's very it's very uh, disappointing that this game isn't on uh, TG Catter maybe they decided before the Mead final when Mead teams never make a, you know they, they don't make any impact mm. on the Leinster club or anything like that not that there is one this year it's just disappointing considering how strong Galway is to see two teams without Coralfin being in it not being on the television Ray thanks very much for, for taking the call you set it up brilliantly for us A pleasure talking to you take care and uh, I'll keep my eye out on the Parnell score sheet <laughs> Great stuff from Ray there Right, so there's a big one in Hurling um, this weekend as well, it's Blackrock versus Glen Rovers, um, it's the Cork County Final, and to help us to look ahead to this one, Wayne Sherlock uh, joins us on the line um, now, how's it going Wayne? i go good calling you Keeping So, mind. yeah, all good, all good So you're the last man to lift the cup for the Rockies, 18 years ago, I presume when you lifted that cup you didn't think it wouldn't be won again for 18 years
3: Yeah, it's hard to believe I suppose when you're a uh in the middle I mean? But just thinking like these things happen because we won the good one a at that time, and uh, I suppose captain well, looking of like I think was is, is the game, but like it's eighteen years, is actually hard to believe, you know? So it's, yeah. It's hard to believe.
2: yeah, so so like I mean, this is a huge drought for Black Rock. Like I mean, how anxious are you to stop this? Like Black Rock are the have the most county titles of any club in Cork.
3: Yeah, yeah. I suppose um, I suppose what, what makes it worse is that we we'll have to win. In Four and twenty ones and three minors in the meantime, you know. So it is county championship. So it's kind of it's kind of long time coming. Like, but it just goes to show, there's nothing guaranteed, you know. I yes. think We've kind of never we struggled with relegation finals back in two thousand seven. So we kind of you know we could have been close enough to be relegated as well in in one sense, which would have been hard, you know. We I mean? need to get relegated that time. So I suppose the main thing for us with the underage got up and going and the. We never stop trying to get players through, you know what I mean. So look, look, we're there on Sunday. We lost the final to us in so there's nothing guaranteed. But like I suppose for Black Rocket, it, it is vital that we we do get one on the board. And I think if we do win one, you never know what might happen. You know, I might get the ball rolling a bit, but it is it is
2: vital. It is vital. Yeah, you, you mentioned all that underage success. Like I mean, the mine is 2009 or, nine. The miners kicked off. You said you won four or five of them, and and three or four under 21s from 12. Right up through 15, and you know, we're 2020 20 now, and it hasn't translated into the senior yet.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, it is. Yeah,
3: look, it, it, it just goes to show. I suppose sometimes you, oh, people can get obsessed with women underage things, you know, when it be 14, 16, whatever. I suppose the most important thing is to get players too, really, including you know, when see a championship. chick, whether it be football or holding, you know. So, I suppose, um, yeah, I suppose people looking around, crack, would think we have achieved this. Um, we probably have, but it hasn't been some lack of time, right? so we definitely haven't kind of expected senior championships with all the success we had on the Rage, it was just something that just hasn't happened, Yeah, and, uh, hopefully on Sunday it'll change, you know, it, it, there's, there's no guarantee, because all the players on the pitch on Sunday have, they have a a to the medals on the Rage medals in their pocket, league, right? so they'll actually throw all of them away, you now if they were giving a senior medal on Sunday, you know?
2: Yeah, it's a funny one with Blackrock because I was looking through the team. It, like, I mean, it must be a, a, a young team or, like, I'm I'm not a hurling man, but none of the names jump out at me. Usually, you see with club teams, I'd know, you know, three or four of them or, you know, what I've heard of them. I don't know. You see, it seems to be, like, a really, like, a good club team without any stars. Would that be a, a logical conclusion I'm drawing? Um, yeah, I suppose it's probably,
3: it's probably a fair assessment. because we haven't had fellas who went on playing to county, you know, and like with Mike Allen, who's been on the panel, he's captain on Sunday. He's been on the panel, I think, are good enough, but um, had they stepped up when needed at times, they probably haven't fulfilled their potential. and if they do, if, they, if one or two of them have a great game on Sunday, you know, you never know that uh, Kingston and Cunningham um, might be looking at them, you know what I mean? So I suppose we kind of haven't progressed our fan championships in your holding to, to see these fellas in action, you know, in the big games. So, um I do I do definitely think we have potential in fellas like Ty B D who can push on. Steve Murphy was on the panel, cock panel for a couple of years. You know, Daniel Meaney is, you know, another fellow who's who's been there and thereabouts. But I suppose we've no big names, which is, sometimes can be a good thing, because there's no distraction, you know. So yeah. but we've already solid, we have already solid the body solid panel of players, which is which is something that'll definitely have fun there. We probably have four or five subs that we never had before. So we definitely have a panel of twenty, which is a massive, massive thing for a club, you know.
2: Right, right. You nearly made the breakthrough in seventeen. You're beaten by him, Kelly. We know how good they, who good they, are. they are. You were in as a selector that year. You're not in there. You're not in with them now.
3: No, 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 no. I suppose I was there for the last four or five years involved and I suppose you know. No, I kept you like said I was thinking of sickly. to the same voice, and as you know, like, you know it's time to step away. So I can kind of stepped away last year. Kind of helped out last year a bit at the end of the year, and kind uh, of helped out matches as well now, so I'm going like, to help all and up in the stand a bit. Um I suppose if they win I'm a part of the back staff if, if they lose, I won't be so <laughs>
2: that's very looking. <lucky> <laughs> well look I mean obviously your ex teammate Fergal, Fergal Ryan is the manager, so you'd be you'd be good you'd be good pals with him. Oh yeah, look look
3: has been involved in the club. I suppose he's a fella for me when I was playing, I looked up to him and even to this day he's a fella that's what a black hawk man, you know you have John Brown as well, Joe Young involved. You have fellas like uh, Kevin Murphy, Donnick Flynn. These fellas have given savage time to the club and they've been involved in minor teams and 21 teams as well. So for them to win on Sunday, I tell you, they've have, they have left no stone on turn and if any group of mentors deserve it, they do on Sunday because they'll give massive um, massive commitment to the club.
2: Camille, how big is the rivalry with with uh, Glen Rovers? You'd be bigger rivals with Finnbars, so would that be fair to say?
3: Um... Yeah, I suppose. See, when you hear of rivals, you know these these players are they're very young, so like they wouldn't kind of have the old traditional rivalry that like all the members in the club would remember, you know. So like, yeah, it's been seventy years since, seven since Blackhawk and the Girls played. Like these players probably have different rivals. Like I suppose locally, it would be the Bears. They're only up the road from us. Um, but you talk about tradition and all that. These th- these players are very young. They probably wouldn't, you know, their parents would probably talk about it and. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's different times, you know? Like, every every young player knows fellas in different parishes and they've probably gone to the same schools and stuff, so... It's different times when it comes to rivalries, you know?
2: Yeah, well, like I mean, you mentioned that 1978 was the last final between the Rockies and Glen, and, like, I mean, since the year 2000, the power has shifted from the city clubs out into the, the countryside.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, a big thing, yeah. Yeah, I suppose... Um, yeah, I suppose that's one. Thing. You know, you can see like, Black Blackpool was an old area at one stage, and the Bears now start, starting to come. I suppose all the, uh, all the generation are kind of passing on. Their their kids are probably coming along, taking their houses over and stuff. So you probably see a shift that way. You know, you know, because their yeah. houses are going, people are coming back in to take over their parents' houses and stuff. So um, but that that's one thing. With Cork, you could have like if you, even the panel, just fellow junior teams that are good as good as fellows who are playing senior. You know, years ago, it would just take senior players, really. But now, cock of a pick from so many different clubs that it, it does give everyone a chance, whether really, you're a junior team or a senior, you know. So, so you, you always have a chance, you know. If you're competing with, like, in McKilly or a college or someone, it definitely puts you in the window.
2: Yeah. You let's try- do, you, do you think the, like, I mean, BlackRock came back from three points down um, in the final ten minutes of, UC, of the UCC match. Do you think that's, like, the, this team haven't turned the corner?
3: Um, yeah, I, I heard a lot of people talk about that, but uh, actually, believe it or not, we, this team in 2017, we actually beat Bandon. We came back from a game that we shouldn't have won. Um, against Pershing in 2017, the semi-final, we came back for three points down to, to beat Pershing. So the, the team have shown some bit of guts, yeah. you know what I mean? It's the first time that they have come back. So, um, like people talk about that it's the first time they've shown some bit of resilience to come back. They haven't. They've been kind of Doing this it's probably not a big game like that because they used to see we're on top of the whole game really, but um, it's it's kind of a good team. But they have done it in the past, you know. But you know that that I haven't done the last couple of years. Like as a, as a panel of players, we've probably underachieved, you know. But I suppose if if they win a Sunday, all oh, that will be forgotten about.
2: How how do you plan for Patrick Horgan? Like, will you be asked secretly to bring your gear maybe, and uh, and?
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I always have the gear ready. Call me. I always have the gear. <laughs> um I I have to stop pulling the jersey off him or something like that. So I'd try to catch up to him, but um, How do you um, deal with do Um look if I suppose from the word go you need a fellow who's gonna be, I suppose, um sacrificed own game because if you take your eye off Patrick Hogan for one minute, he'll just he'll he'll do first damage, you know. And you know if he gets if he gets tail up at the start, he will do wreck for the whole game. So for me, whoever they're gonna put on him, they need a fellow who's gonna be selfless Selfish and just stay with him for the whole game, you know, selfless and stay with him for the yeah. whole game because it's all about the ball coming back out. Hoggy mightn't go following the ball to the first hour line, but it's all about the lads recycling the ball back out to him, you know, and he gets space. And if he gets space at all, he's just, even to watch him is just, sometimes get so he gets scores. I suppose you wouldn't see much in him with club games, no, but in club games, he's just like, he's, at he's he's remarkable. So you need a fella who's just selfless and going to follow him the whole day and just not worry about anything else, just keeping Patrick Hall and quiet, you know.
2: Yeah, I was reading that in 1978 when uh, you played them, there was 25,000 at the game. I nearly f- f- fell off my chair when I read that. Incredible. There's only going to be 100 this weekend, and that's if you're lucky, Wayne, because you'll probably find out tomorrow night what yeah. the story is.
3: Yeah, that's the I think we fell out tonight, Colm, yeah. Um, yeah, 25,000. I think back then there was twenty thousand going to county Finals, which was it's hard to believe. You know, I would have been... Yeah. It just uh, and this game on Sunday, I suppose it would have been interesting to see how many would have been there because it's kind of old school traditional clubs, yeah. you know. But two six teams. But um, I'm telling you, I was at the I was at the UC game when that was the blow that that UC game. You you, you you swear there were twenty thousand there, you know. The relief after the game and you know the players celebrating and stuff. It was just so. I'd say on Sunday, I don't know the players are going to be thinking about it, and they want everyone to be there because I think the players get the players don't even like the parents can't even go. Because it's only it's only a hundred tickets between both panels, so it's very tricky. Um, so I do? presume when they
2: go
3: on. oh they're going to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what. I don't know. Do the players get two tickets? So that's, that's twenty four players. Just that's, that's forty eight. So like that's nobody else going in. So it's a it's a funny one.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably the fairest thing to do, though, for family to come first rather than you know the. Oh, some oh of the other sort of... yeah, yeah. 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 What, are you going to do okay. what are you going to do about the jerseys? The jerseys are very similar, are they? Yeah, Black Rock won the toss on that, column. They won the toss on
3: oh, right. Monday. So Black Rock, are, uh, we're wearing traditional Black Rock jerseys and the game will change. Ah, yeah, very yeah.
2: good. And what, will, thought, what will Glenn, what yeah,
3: will Glenn yeah. change into? They have a kind of black, they have a black jersey. It's kind of black with green uh, on the sleeves. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, All right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought four of them were going to change, actually, but uh, no, we won the on Monday, so that's 1-0 to us, so hopefully we can, uh, <laughs> that might be a good, <laughs> yeah, yeah, be well, good you won, yeah, You've won the four you
2: were at the start, anyways. Come here, Wayne, thanks very much uh, for taking the call. I'm looking forward to this one. It's on TV.
3: It is. Yeah, yeah, it should be a good one, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, a good close game. And as I said, um, I, can't, I can't wait. Hopefully back up at the end, because like, all the work put in, the lads deserve it. They're a great bunch of young fellas, and hopefully we can do it.
2: Thanks very much, Wayne. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Colin Yeah, mind yourself,
0: thanks.
2: Bye-bye. Yeah, great stuff from Wayne and Ray there. I was talking to them earlier on um, on Skype. The other big hurling one is the Galway final at St. Thomas's versus Turlock Moor. Um, that's at two o'clock. Uh, we know Thomas's are going for three in a row. They've never done that before. To have been the dominant team in Galway, they've won three of the last four um, titles without really making an impact on the all Ireland club. Turlock Moore, we know um, Dottie Burke is at full forward now, so that, so that's an interesting one to keep your eye out for. In the football side of things, a county final in Mead, This is on television, on TG Cahir. This is at 2.15. Then the Cork Hurling final is, is the later one on TG Cahir. I looking for are looking to win it for two years in a row. They're also in the county hurling final who will play trim uh, next week. So for uh, Gail Collum Kill, that's who they're playing, they haven't won it. They're a Kells team, they haven't won it for twenty-nine years. They came back up to senior in two thousand and fourteen, a little bit like, like Mike Cullen. Um it's a repeat of last year's semi-final, which Rataut won by about seven points, even though they were down at half time. In an awfully role play Tullamore, a uh, big game here against two between two of the big clubs. I think they're the first and second on the roll of honor. Um Road have won two more. Tullamore beat them the last time they played in the final, 2013. Um, Tullamore beat them, so there's definitely a rivalry there. It's another good final. Keep your eye out for Road. Have been a really big team in Leinster. Um, for the last maybe 20 years. there might be a little bit on the slide now. Interesting, Maliki McNulty, an ex-teammate of mine from Port Leash, ex-Port Leash manager, he's their manager. So even though um, Road would have been rivals of mine, i will be shouting for Road, a little bit grudgingly shouting for Road. It's not my, usual, <laughs> not my usual form to be shouting for Road, but I will this weekend. So that means they're going to lose, lads. Isn't that how it works? <laughs> yeah, um,
4: <usually.
2: laughs> Italian Moorfield and Kildare. This is a repeat of the 2018 final. A tie just can't beat Moorfield. Well, who can beat Morfield? Selbridge can't. You can't beat, listen. You can't beat the referee and Morfield, lads. We know that. That's just that Selbridge, lads. That. So a tie. Obviously, A tie won it in 2011. They've been back to two or three finals since and haven't been able to win it. Morfield, the completely dominant uh, club in in Kildare, and will be rightly favourites. A tie need to get over the psychological barrier, I think, with Morfield. Um, to, to potentially be able to win that. Then the other big one, lads, is the replay of the Cavan County final. This has been streamed live. I think the Cavan County board can have played a blinder here. They put the first one on RTE, um, showed the whole country what a lovely final we have and how we, you know, we've changed and have the whole country. Jeez, that was a seesaw battle. I must watch that. 15 euro for the privilege of watching this on the stream. I know. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm not technically being correct. There's two matches for 15. If you want to watch this match, the The junior match before it, 15 quid for the two of them. It's a tenner just for this match on their own. A blinder they've
0: played. I I did think Kingscourt gave away that equaliser a bit easy as well the last (laughs) (laughs) week. Are they they all in on this? Just to get Calvin a second day out? Yeah,
2: that's fantastic. Like, I mean, at the the same time, I was reading a a quote from their manager, David Lennon, Kingscourt. And, like, he was fairly honest about this. You don't often hear managers coming out kind of this strong, um, Conan. He says, I'd like to think we have the advantage immediately I'm interested now that he's uh, coming out with honesty like that. We felt we didn't play in the first half at all. Crosser lock were very good going forward in the first half. They got too much space for our liking, and the players admitted at halftime they weren't up to the standard and the speed of the game. And crosser lock were favourites going into the game. So it's interesting, the underdog coming out going. We have the advantage going into the final. We didn't play for the first 15 minutes. We won't make that mistake again.
0: It's it's really ballsy because when I watched that game, I thought jesus like king's court did well to get back into it like i thought they were being dominated for the first 35 40 minutes and i thought crosser luck just looked a better team and the favorites tag was uh was well worthy of them so when Kingscore, i i felt really bad on them for giving up that that point because i thought like jesus they that was their chance and they right. might have missed it. but now here's the manager coming out and saying you know <laughs> we're going to do it again and like maybe maybe he's thinking about like Adrian Smith ran a muck inside like he was just sharpest attack and like that's the one that they'll obviously close down next week or sorry Sunday Kingscourcher so maybe he's just thinking we've learned a few things that we can tighten up on.
2: Yeah, I I love that kind of bullish talk, uh, Connor. Like I mean, I, I don't. I that kind of talk gives me confidence. When you're confident, I think that rubs off on people. Even though it is in the public, and you say, "Oh, that'll rile the other team." it also has effect on your players. You know, we, we have the advantage going into this. Like when you try to play these mind games, like in the media and say, oh, geez, you know, we're just glad that we're still in it. And I don't care even if you're only saying that. You know, I still don't think it's the right thing to be putting out there.
4: Yeah, we've talked about this before as well, about the the perceived dangers in in the GAA of talking yourself up and and kind of what you're letting yourself in for, which is going back to a conversation we had a while ago, like, would you prefer, you know, would you prefer your manager saying, oh, those lads in Crosser lot, they don't rate us at all. Or your manager telling you, well, Listen, lads, we didn't do enough the next day. We're plenty, we're way better than that. Do you know if so we're going to go out and win it the next day? Never mind about it, cross or law. I know I prefer that motivational tactic, so just really refreshing to hear that from David Lennon. Yes, yeah. well, like going on, um, what Conan said there, I kind of had the up like I thought that. I know they had to come from behind, but I actually thought the Kings court looks the, looked the more likely winners um, on uh, the, the first day out on Saturday night, maybe based on their second half performance. So it mm-hmm. might feel that they kind of let that slip a bit. And the only thing that I read into what David Lennon's saying there is what Conan pointed out, that like they can't allow the space in front of the cross or lap full forward line that they did the, sec- the first half the last day. And I thought that the cross a lot midfield were very dominant as well for a lot of the game too. So. Porek Faulkner kind of coming back. I kind of I helped that out, so you might look at it. You know, you know, they might look to start the game with the kind of the formation and the setup that they had finishing the game the last day. But uh, I'm not going to make any stereotypical cabin jokes about them charging a tenner for, for the cream anyway. They, uh, as you said, they played a blinder.
2: I've held off on that myself. I hope I have. I think I have. I've, I've been uh, telling. There's a list of cabin jokes we could have uh, we could have made there. Like, but just just to finish up on this point, you're a Kingscourt player. Now, we know, like, when a manager says something in public, Conan, he'll say the opposite to his team. Like, I'd be sitting in the dressing room there going, just say that to the world. I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't need this game. Tell them what we are, you know what I mean? Like, these are such old school games. Like, the David Lennon, he's saying, I'd like to think we have the
0: advantage. Tell everybody that. That's what we have. I want the whole county to know this. Tell them, yeah, and it rubs off as you even if you're sent in the changing room and that rubs off, it'll rub off more when you're telling everybody else and you're sticking your chest out. And like, you know, who cares? Like, you're gonna, like, you lose enough games anyway, you lose enough games the other way, so like, that doesn't always work. So it doesn't matter if you lose a game this way, like, nobody will remember it in a game's time, it's fine, like, just lose it this way if you want to, but like in this could have the effect where you go out and win because everybody else is sticking their chest out and, and go for it. Like play yeah. play front foot football and believe in yourself. Let's, let's do it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Right, listen as we we'll leave it there. Um I'm sure we've definitely gone over time there. We'll be back on Monday as usual and we'll review the second last weekend. Have we many county finals other than the dairy Championships that, oh, of course, they give their club all the exact time. Yeah, they give them the 10 weeks to the exact second. I think we mightn't have too many more county finals. So
0: we should enjoy yeah. this. We should enjoy this Monday. What is that, Colin? Thank you very much. The dairy finals are this weekend as well, actually. Are this weekend? Yeah, I was, I was just waiting for you. I thought you were saving the best for last. Oh, shit, they moved it back. Right, come on, let's go. So, Mahrefelt versus Slocknail, let's go. Give us give us
2: your thoughts. Mahrefelt, are favourites actually going into this one. I got that arseways. I thought they were... Oh, yeah, they moved it back that one week because they got the extra week in the summer. Wasn't that it? Yeah, yeah. She a bit of respect.
0: Put some oh, respect on Derry's name. <laughs> she went um, over she went over it all, baby. <laughs> lock, your, <laughs> lock yourself in for another five minutes. Um <laughs> Oh, this is this is a this is a huge one. Patsy Bradley's back. Paul McNeil's playing cornerback for uh, Zach Needy. Maybe would have like recognized him playing wingback for those or those Ulster final and all earning final runs. He's just a a class player, and there's just exposing teams. You're dropping men back. He's just scoring goals and setting up goals. Mahara um, felt that obviously they're defensive enough, but a very good like transition team, and they really. They really know what they're doing. Now the fact that they've gotten the two finals in a row now just shows that they're uh, they're at the level. I thought like, you know, they did really well last year to win it, but they've obviously just stepped on another year, beat a good loop side in the semi-final. Um but Slough Needle having overcome Glenn and give them a good CNT and give not not really to give Ballanderia a better CNT, to give them sixteen points CNT in the semifinals. So um Sockney will be uh licking their lips and they haven't won it since twenty seventeen.
2: Yeah. So, I um, saw that,
0: yeah. They haven't won it
2: they haven't won they haven't been in the last two finals, which is a bit of a kick in the arse for Slock Are they on? That would make someone from the outside say they're on the slide. Is that a fair thing to Conclusion to draw.
0: Oh, never write off Sock will he? <laughs> I would actually say this puts him into the category of really good, successful players who are now hungry and being motivated again. <laughs> um and then just an intermediate final, I should shout out that my my Derry Club St- Steel Sound, my home club, are in the final. They've never won a championship at senior level, so uh we've lost two intermediate finals before and here we are back back in the big time against Greenlock. Right. Okay. And how will you feel if that cup is lifted and you're 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 <laughs> I would be bloody delighted. I was, I was sort of joking to Connor. I was like, well, half of these boys are my ex-teammates and half of them, I cooked them <laughs> along the way. So this is really my doing, to be honest.
2: Ah, uh, well, there you go. You've got something for your ego because it's all about ego,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, but I did. I did promise some of the boys that if they don't win. I'll be one of the boys on the sidelines just giving out about the team selection. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's amazing. I've I've heard comments made before about, say,
2: a lad could come into the pub that night after losing a final and you'd hear that bollocks is never in when we win he only comes in when we lose Do you, <laughs> you, you ever hear that go that kind of carry go? i would never i wouldn't even notice that, something like that but there'd be lads that notice that lad never goes out for a pint if we win
0: there, there, there was a boy uh, who got for no reason he got the blame there was a keeper for us he still was a keeper marty dunn used to play for used to play for Derry, one and all in a minor with him but uh at an under twenty one match, one of the boys said, Now we all said it to Marty because we all like him, one of the boys said in a huddle, Marty's only really down here to see us lose. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, Marty, Marty loves lots of clubs, so this this sort of profile builds up around people for no reason.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely lousy. I saw the Marafeld manager, Connor, um, during the week, um, and he was talking about Playing Kilku last year, I think they lost by four points in the end, and realizing the level they had to get to. And they worked really, really hard on their strength and conditioning over the winter. And, you know, maybe just realizing, okay, we won Derry, but that's the level that we have to get to. And Mahara felt they're in that kind of, you know, phase of their progression where they're looking to improve every year.
4: Yeah. And then they're playing a team in slot. Neil. You you might have said that the. Well, whether Connans speculates that they're on the side or not, but this is a team that's been competing at the business end of the All-Ireland Championship for years now as well. So in terms of in dairy- to be
2: fair To be fair now, this is very, very important. Connans, it's two died in the wool in Derry. Connan didn't say that. I said that and Connan.
0: I was just going to jump you we
2: that's <laughs> <been> really... <laughs> We just cannot as a dairyman, attribute that that uh, comment to Conan Connan <laughs>
4: well, really, I'm just looking for any excuse for Connan to get briefed kind of this weekend, you know. Like he had the gall to say to me to suggest that like he's hoping that like his players will his ex players will mention him in the speech if Steelstown get into the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: well to be to be honest Connan I don't think Steelstown have the hunger to be honest to be able to do with this <laughs> brilliant, really brilliant. <laughs> Listen, I'm always looking out for you buddy that's the way it works I right? um. I'm, I'm definitely keep my eye out for that result uh, on Monday morning right can we finish the show now I definitely missed out something else if, if I thought the Derry final was next weekend right we'll leave it there and we'll definitely talk to someone um, from the Derry County final on Monday right okay talk to you lads thanks very much
3: And when I started running I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go on I said I'd stay going
2: so I opened up. We are only the small little fish out there so we are and we're trying hard to make it through.
0: But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads the lads did it for the people of war for today because like I I'm heart I'm heartbroken. I let it go